Rejoice! Prime Day is coming! The day in which we all celebrate the greatest hero of the Cybertronian War, Optimus Prime. Many great warriors gave their lives. Ironhide, Prowl, even dear old Wheeljack. But above all, we must remember our lost leader. Through his sacrifice while fighting off Megatron's forces, we Autobots... Wait, hold on. I'm getting a comm call from my boss and the new leader of the Autobots after Rodimus Prime mysteriously vanished, Hyper Cross. Prime. They're saying that, uh... That a Prime Day has nothing to do with Optimus Prime and is instead about all the great deals you can find from HyperX on Amazon.com on the 12th and 13th of July. They're also saying that if you all want to survive the next attack by Galvatron and the Quintessons or whatever the hell is going on in Season 3, you better upgrade your gear soon. Stock up on all the latest equipment like wireless gamepads, mouses, and keyboards, and then just spend all your night playing Master Duel instead of doing anything productive at all, like me. Fight the good fight and don't let yourself get violently killed at the beginning of a children's film and celebrate Prime Day the right way. Deals only last on the 12th and 13th, so steal your sparks and don't miss this golden opportunity. Camera! Gamera always wins! In this new episode of Demolition Die, I'm your host Wyatt, Sentinel from 12,000 years ago, and who is here with me today as always? Bright lights scare me! I'm Nikki. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, oh, who is here as our very special guest? Uh, I am the friend to friend. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am the friend to the friend of all children. <laughs> uh, Manovsky article. Yes. Uh, which uh, also known as Casey. Yes. You were. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a very long time since you've been on here. You were here on our the true masterpiece that was Latitude Zero, uh, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my entire life, um, and it was a lot of fun talking about it with you. <laughs> It was, and it was a movie I would have never seen if you all hadn't approached me with it, going like, hey, you should talk about this movie. But all all the way back then, you said, hey, if you guys are ever going to do the Heisei Gamer movies, make sure you leave a slot open. And uh, we've kept that in mind this entire time. A lot of our guests that we've gotten have said, hey, man, those Heisei Gamer movies, (laughs) those kick ass. So get me on there. So we've, we've tried our best to accumulate a good uh, uh, rogues gallery of guests that can come on for these three episodes, because we're going to be starting the uh, Gamera trilogy, starting with Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, also known as Gamera Giant Monster Mid-Air Battle, Ooh. Uh, and that's it. That's the only other title for it. That, that, that's uh, a good alt we, title. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the that's a Japanese name, uh, Gamera Daikai Jukuchu Kesen is its name, uh, and, you know, it's sad that we have left the time period of the 70s and the 60s where all these other foreign countries would take the movie and, and corrupt it into Gorgo or into Frankenstein right. 
or Superman uh, or, or King Kong or uh, Varan the Unbelievable. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ver- stuff like Varan that. Varan probably had an alt title like you know Dracula Goes to Space or something that literally made no sense, <laughs> or like like just every, every one of our show episodes. It's just it's just it, yeah. it sounds like shit posts. Like it sounds like White's just making shit up. But uh, no, yeah, uh, to the point where Hazel uh, thought it was a joke. Yeah. Like, she had no idea that it was, like, actually all real alternate movie titles. I thought it was just some (laughs) elaborate joke, but no. This is straight from the lizard's mouth, as it were. It's it's so, like, it fills me with such joy and honor to think that she thinks we're so funny that like that that we can write all those titles and stuff just off the cuff yeah, <laughs> like no. no we are we are nowhere near that funny no That's no, not... no the germans are the, the germans are are the funniest people yes. on earth yeah so casey since you're our guest i want to ask uh gamera a lot different from godzilla what is your history with gamera oh my gosh um well that's pretty complicated. Uh, I mean, the most, the first and most important thing to note mm-hmm. is that Gamera is a turtle. Of course. <laughs> That's very important. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite animals, uh, being a southerner, is the uh, alligator snapping turtle. Oh, and this is yeah. probably the closest a kaiju gets to that. Yeah, th- those things are um, terrifying. So Yeah, true monsters, if you ever see one in the wild. <laughs> um, but amazing. Yes. Uh, I... I, I I really like Sh- uh, Showa Gamera as well, mm-hmm. so it's not just the Heisei yeah. movies that move me. I-, I like, I like that Gamera is the friend of all children. Yeah. It's kind of this very goofy, positive character that's almost always been heroic, mm-hmm. uh, at least much more often than Godzilla. Um, that's true. And uh, yeah, and I, I guess, and and uh, you know, kind of the modern way, like. Uh, so, you know, I, I did enjoy the old Gamera movies at the same time that I was enjoying the old Godzilla movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last few years, too, during quarantine, we had that wonderful Arrow uh, Gamera yeah. box set oh, yeah, drop, baby. which let me, like, rekindle all of this. I first saw uh, Guardian of the Universe um, because I was working in a video store mm-hmm. and we had VHSs of the Heisei Trilogy. Oh, wow. Uh, in the early 2000s uh, with the ADV dub and everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how I first saw those. And then uh, having the opportunity now to revisit them in Blu-ray and, you know, hopefully uh, with those big 4K restorations that are uh, showing theatrically in Japan these days, maybe we'll get those too. Yeah. Uh, That'd be nice. There's Um, something beautiful about, like, the ADV version of this movie. The fact that you got people like Tiffany Grant... And like, like, you know, all the Ava guys are <laughs> like, it's just mm-hmm. that same stable of actors dubbing this Gamera movie. It's just like surreal. Uh, and they had really like goofy commentaries where the monsters were doing yeah. commentary <laughs> over the movie and stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Gauss had like a Dracula accent uh, of because of the vampire mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, also just so, yeah, rediscovering uh, Gamera through the, the Blu-rays. And also, uh, I really wasn't a monster figure collector for a very long time. But the first uh, monster figure I bought for myself was the uh, Bandai Movie Monster Series Gamera. That's $25. And it's it's uh, it's the one from the movie we're watching oh, today. And man. it's really cute and durable. 
and I've since started collecting mainly Gamera figures. So I I do not yet own a single Godzilla, but I have four different yeah. Gamera's right now. So <laughs> I, and I have one Gauss, one Showa Gauss. I'm disappointed in myself because I, the only Godzilla figure I do have is the uh, 2014 version of Godzilla. Um, and I and I don't hate that design or anything. Like I think it's a pretty cool mm-hmm. design. It's just I feel like a poser <laughs> being the host <laughs> of a Godzilla slash you know kaiju themed podcast, and then not having. I do have other things. I have uh, there's this Hetera figure that I got that I really appreciate. It's like a Sofa B type figure, and then um, you know I have ones of Destroya and Gigan that are like these little like Gashapon tiny little mini figures. That are very cute, but other than that, uh, sadly no, yeah. no Godzilla, no Gamera either. I did. There was one point where Hazel was selling off like a a virus figure, you know, the squid monster, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, I really want to get that, but it was it was just like a little bit too much money mm, for yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so I was just like, like at that time anyway. Yeah. Uh, now I told whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but but see, this is another thing in Gamera's favor because Gamera is not as popular as Godzilla. The merchandise is generally easier to find and at a more affordable rate. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um. So yeah, it's it's, it's just there, there's a lot of there's a lot of practical reasons and also just Gamera is a silly guy and mm. the Heisei trilogy yeah. is amazing and if you <laughs> come away with these movies and don't love Gamera I don't yeah. know if I can <laughs> sell you on any kaiju movies yeah, yeah uh, uh, I mainly just have a bunch of uh, uh, Ultraman Sophie and uh, uh, Wyatt I hate to break it to you you are a poser because I'm literally doing this podcast uh, wearing the original Godzilla suit, like the, uh, yeah, I, I somehow got it off. Of oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's actually Haru Nakajima's corpse. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's, of it's, it, it's, like it's, Five Nights at Freddy's. It's, it's, it's somehow, yeah, because it's so hot now that that, that it's actually fused to my skin, so I can't take it off. Mm, so, uh, okay, uh, like venom. Yeah, my, my life is a waking nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I got a, if a, I had oh, a Gamera that... suit, I'd have a big old shell, and I'd have like it'd be a lot more roomy. That's true, and you'd be so, yeah. You'd be able to fly as well. You'd be <laughs> I, able to move around, around much easier. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, you would vomit everywhere, but you know no, you a, could at least move it's around. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. That original Godzilla suit is like horrible, horrible. Like it's a really awesome looking suit, yeah. but for the person inside right, of right. it, or Nakajima it's, was like, it they was, have learned yeah, yeah. so much. It's, since yeah. it's, a, it's a, uh, by modern standards, it's a torture device. Yeah, it's 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 yes. pretty bad. <laughs> it's like it's like a medieval rack or like one of those <laughs> yeah. like what are those things? The Iron Maidens, yeah, but... the like yeah, it's a latex yeah. maiden. Yeah. <laughs> latex maiden is a very different band from Iron Maiden. Well, you know, (laughs) I didn't consider before I said this. That's a very different, different band than than Iron Maiden. Yeah, that that will be a that will be important later on in the show. Uh, But will it? But uh, yes. uh, But I did want to ask if uh, you know before we get into the history and anything. What are kind of like your first impressions in this current, like either rewatch or watch for the first time? of this movie. We'll start with you, Nikki. Yeah, uh uh man, uh so I haven't seen this before. Uh I mm-hmm. I'm completely fresh to Gamera going into this podcast series. Yeah. And uh I was especially excited for the Heisei stuff, especially with all the 
the the <laughs> the kind words we were hearing about it uh every time we got a guest on here and they were like oh man you guys are gonna do that oh man and stuff uh holy shit though i i i don't think i was really expecting just how good it was and it's like outrageous like mm-hmm. this thing yeah um it's so cool i tweeted last night that like i didn't say what movie i watched but i was just like i watched a movie for a podcast that got me so jacked up like i feel like i could lift a truck right now like that movie imbued me with <laughs> such power and stuff like I, mm-hmm. I i was so like just pumped watching it the whole time it's so good uh so yeah, I'll, this is gonna be an extremely positive episode. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm very yeah. stoked on this thing. So uh, I guess I'll say, you know, because Casey already kind of talked about like your excitement for this movie. So for me, um, I have actually seen this movie before. It was all the way back in 2014, around the time that the uh, uh, Matt whatever that guy's uh, uh gareth the, the fucking edwards <laughs> gareth gareth edwards yeah. matt frank no that's a different matt guy. frank is a uh, comic artist <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's a comic artist. who who drew the art for the uh there we yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Uh, i don't know what yeah the the rogue one guy uh godzilla movie uh not, like a movie that i don't think is terrible but uh i don't think like it's aged very well, or at least like I, my opinion on it hasn't aged well. We'll be watching it at some point in the future uh, and doing a uh, podcast on it. But until then, you know, whatever. Thanks, Patreon. Uh, but I, <laughs> yes, thank you, Patreon. Uh, but, well, but I really enjoyed the movie watching it for the first time. It was like kind of after my heyday with like just binging a ton of kaiju movies uh, as a teenager. You know, this is into adulthood, and this was kind of like almost a nostalgic look back. And I was really impressed by how much I enjoyed uh, this movie back then because I had always seen Gamera as kind of a joke because of MST3K, other things like that. You know, it was always just like the second banana. Uh, I liked him in like a in a very campy sense, and I guess you could still say that that's true now, even though I do appreciate the like strengths of Gamera legitimacy beyond the camp factor. Mm. Uh, you know, I do think, like, a movie like Versus Jiger is actually, like, a pretty entertaining monster movie. It just happens to have some, like, bizarre moments in it that, like, add to the camp value and some, like, really funny concepts. Uh, as we've talked about before, Gamera getting cancer will never not be absurd and hilarious uh but it does happen in that movie but this one you know i had only seen this one i had never seen the other two movies uh and then that was kind of my last brush with camera until doing this podcast so i was really excited to finally get back to this because i was thinking wow so so wait neither of you know what's coming out no no Oh, I am I am so excited for the two of you. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Yep. So so uh like my uh I was like, all right, if me as a 20-year-old was able to enjoy this movie that much and I was dumb as hell back then, then how about me as an as a now year old? How will I enjoy this movie? And and I'm very pleased to say this is absolutely one of the best movies that we've watched so far yeah. <laughs> for our series. Yeah, I, I'm it's sp- obscenely good. Yeah, 
Uh, and I'm and the idea that there are two more that are like just as good, if not better, is like holy shit! I cannot wait for whatever's going to happen. I am happen. holding my tongue so hard right now because I do not want the two of you to know anything yeah, other so than that they are very good. Yeah, and I cannot wait to hear what you make of. Them. I won't. I will not uh, investigate any further. I'll keep it there and say mm-hmm. you know like I'm excited in the next couple weeks to get to those movies. Until then, though. I do feel like it's time that we dig a little bit into the history of Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Yet again, we have crawled our way out of the 60s once more. We've also blazed right past the 70s and even past the 80s and the entire economic bubble of Japan and all of the Heisei Godzilla movies and have arrived in the distant year of 1995, Year of the Lion King, Toy Story. Kirby's Dreamland 2. The year Dragon Ball ended, and the year your two lovely hosts were born. Fifteen years after the last movie, aka the one about the space women occasionally starring Gamera via stock footage, it was time for the lost decade to learn about the friend to all children. Just in time for Godzilla to fucking die the same year. <laughs> For the first time since Versus Barugan, a new man that wasn't Noriaki Yuasa took the helm to direct the fire-eating turtle, a man by the name of Shusuke Kaneko, who is a very interesting figure in the Japanese film industry. As a teen, he got his start in the highly lauded sexploitation industry, working on films with names such as... <clears throat> Female Teacher Hunting, Gigolo, a docudrama... Ecstasy Sisters, and Madam Scandal, Final Scandal, Madam Likes It Hard. Yeah. All right. <laughs> believe, it, believe it or not, Kaneko got his notoriety as a director for his debut film, Koichiro Uno's Wet and Swinging, which is not only a porn parody based on Aim for the Ace, but more importantly to this story, a movie within Nikatsu's Roman porno series, or Roman porno series, as in romance porno. Softcore porn, or pink films, made by a variety of directors by Nikatsu. Which I urge anybody listening to this to find a list of those movies and read them aloud. In fact, allow me to read a few titles myself. Castle Orgies. Coed Report. Yuko's White Breasts. Foreigner's Mistress Omen, Holland's Slope in the Rain, Love Hunter, Hot Skin, Apartment Wife, Secret Rendezvous, (laughs) Romantic... Oh, no, that one's not funny. Uh, (laughs) I'm scrolling through it right now. There there are literally hundreds of these Nikatsu Roman porno films. Yeah, the, uh, there are so many of yeah, them. Yeah, it was like a really big movement and stuff. Like it was like a it was like yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like and, and a lot of directors who've become notable in other areas <laughs> like that was a critical yeah, piece yeah, of yeah. their start in the yeah. industry of those kind of porn movies. I was I was thinking it was like all right, probably like a couple dozen, right? No. It's a lot. No, no, no. Yeah. You, it's a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. way more than you'd probably think it was. Truly a catalog to rival the Criterion Collection. Uh, believe it or not... Oh, wait, I already read that. Uh, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> Thanks to 
Kaneko's acute horny abilities. He was put on as the director for the live action Mina Agechao movie. Oh shit. A classic etch a classic etchy manga that friend of the show Hazel did a video on. Uh, which was also part of the Roman porno series. He would also go on to direct the penultimate film in that series, The Last Cabaret, which not only was voted number nine at the Yokohama Film Festival in 1989, but Kaneko won Best Director for that film, along with the non-sexy gay drama film named Summer Vacation 1999. This film was not only important for being an example of non-pornographic queer cinema, but was screened at the Dutch Transgender Film Festival as all of the boys in the movie were portra- were all portrayed by female actors. Keep in mind that these movies came out in 1988. Mm. Uh, Kaneko managed to leverage his skill as a director in order to make in order to break into the actual non-sexploitation industry and got his start at our beloved Toho. And what better way to prove your steez than to reinvent the Gamera for Toho? who were the competitors to Gamera. For the next few decades, he directed everything from drama to sports to horror movies to monster movies, including the way later future episode topic Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. But before those giant monsters attacked all out, it was time for a different giant monster to take the stage. However, in the intervening decades since Versus Zegra, the expectations of what makes a tokusatsu film had changed drastically. Who could possibly be worthy to take the helm of all these important special effects? Why, it's a none other than Shinji Higuchi, storyboarder extraordinaire and longtime Gainax alum dating back to the Daikon days. While he's definitely most well-known for his jaw-dropping skills during Evangelion, he had his hand in several other pre-Ava shows like Gunbuster and Nadia, as well as working with Toho earlier in the 80s with Bye Bye Jupiter and even Godzilla 84 in the special effects department. Cameron was given a glow-up, making him more in line with the Heisei Godzilla while still keeping his big anime eyes and his cute little bulldog face. The most drastic changes were definitely Gauss, who went from a kind of city... Kinda silly upright guy in a suit to several different types of suits, some of which weren't even suits at all. The baby Gauss were done with a combination of wires and hand puppeteering, and the adult Super Gauss had two different suits, one for fighting and one for close-ups. Kaneko, despite, or in fact, or in fact because of his involvement with Pink Films, had a great respect for women in the film industry, and always tried to give them opportunities for work. For Super Gauss, he wanted it to be portrayed by a woman since none of the male suit actors had the right body shape, and he wanted there to be more representation in the workplace. Yumi Kameyama was, has the honor of being the very first woman ever to be a suit actor in kaiju film history, Jeez. portraying the grotesque ultimate form of Gauss. She opened wow. the door for many more, including Rie Ota, who famously played Baragon in Kaneko's later Giant Monsters All Out Attack. You may remember the the behind the scenes special feature where yeah. you can hear her ah. very cute roar. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. Higuchi would of course go on to not only direct other truly mind meltingly sick special effects, like one of my personal favorite short films based on the manga Nausicaa called Giant God Warrior Appears in Tokyo, but would go on to direct alongside Hideaki Anno the seminal masterpiece that is Shin Godzilla. Stay tuned in, like, two years for our three-hour <laughs> episode on that movie. Until then, what of Gamera? 
the first in a new trilogy and one of the most revered kaiju films of all time, not by just Western fans, but until Shin Godzilla, it was considered the best monster movie by many, besides, of course, the original Godzilla. Are we fulfilling our 12,000-year prophecy? Did we enjoy this film that has been hyped up so much? Or are we the shadow that consumes the land and our contrarian streak rises once more? <laughs> Stay tuned and find out. All right, Nikki, why don't you take us away? Yeah, okay. So uh, the first thing I want to point out about this film uh, that I think uh, we can kind of just spin off from that is um, I want to mm -hmm. note how fucking good the pacing is in this thing. It's yeah. massive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> An entire kaiju film happens in the first 38 minutes, and then it keeps going, mm -hmm. and it's so awesome. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah. like, my jaw was on the floor at, like, how quick it was moving, uh, uh, exacerbated by, like, the usage of, like, the wipe transitions, so where th things just kept speeding by. And, uh, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I just, I just absolutely love it. Uh, we, we, we start with, uh, a ship, uh, that's, that's carrying plutonium, uh, off, uh, uh, off of the Philippines and, uh, uh, it, mm -hmm. they, they run into this, uh, this mysterious floating atoll and then it just <laughs> spins out from there. They, they discover oracalcum, uh, uh, amulets or what they think is oracalcum, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, uh. Uh, and as soon as you start thinking like, hmm, maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a turtle that's there or something, uh, uh, you're, you're then blindsided <laughs> with this other movie that's also happening at the same time where it's like, hey, this, these, yeah. there's these like weird birds. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I do love that they like yeah. refer to them as birds. Yeah. And I, I understand why, because like they're big aerial predators, mm. but like they look like, freakish bat monsters yeah. you know they right. like, they don't look like and, and like you know the ornithologist lady that they get is immediately like yeah those are definitely not birds <laughs> whatever those things are not birds they have fangs and not feathers yeah <laughs> yeah uh so. yeah i i uh i will say i i was very immature and did laugh out loud at just at the cut that happens uh, uh where it just like moves over and it's just a giant pile of bird shit and it's just like Oh mm. man! <laughs> and they find like the remains of <laughs> of uh, 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 the ornithologist, like like a uh, uh, professor uh, she really respected. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. Just just in general, the way this movie like builds up and just sets up everything that's going on is like brilliant because it gets it all out of the way really fast, and and then it just yeah. like it just goes and it just becomes like kind of it, it kind of drills down more on like the character of Gamera and gives you more like human drama to really flesh out the the second or the 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 latter like two thirds of the movie and uh yeah it yeah. really you're right that the first like act of the movie everything up until Gamera's like first appearance and confrontation with the three mm -hmm. like baby gyaos yeah um like that all feels like a movie yeah <laughs> like it all feels like you know, the like Gamma versus Gauss. Yeah. The movie from the sixties. Like and it, yeah. it it just feels like a completed movie in that sense, but it doesn't feel like the rest is like tacked on. No. It feels like it's like, oh man, they're really 
they have more to say and more to do. Yeah. And they like go into these more interesting places, like as the film yeah, goes on. And, and the movie does not feel so, like it's oversaying it's welcome by any means. Yeah. So while, while we're on the topic of the first yeah. act, and this is something that's kind of become more apparent to me on mm-hmm. rewatches. Uh, this movie came out in 1995 and it is truly, especially in those first 38 minutes, it is a truly, Post Jurassic Park yes. kaiju oh, film. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> there are so many little Jurassic Parkisms, and I mean that in the most flattering way. Like it is not a knockoff, but like the homages are there. Like the little ticks. I mean, you, you're bringing in a condor researcher to go to the island of you know where the Gals reside, mm-hmm. and she's putting the gloves on like Laura Dern and mm-hmm. reaching into the uh, Gals pellets to find things, and she's. And like there, you know, there's even like uh, people trying to escape the island or on a, you know, on like a dock during a terrible storm and being eaten. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, you know, the the stadium scene that comes out later is is somewhat reminiscent of like them trying to like box in the yeah. raptor yeah. at the beginning of the first Jurassic Park yeah. movie. Like there's there's quite a bit there that easily translates kind of one-to-one even some of like the lush colors in those first 38 minutes when they're in the jungle scenes uh just yeah it's it's really impressive and uh yeah and i mean that in the most flattering way possible like this is truly a movie that could have only come two years after jurassic park it's yeah and it feels so it feels so like in, just as inspired by like Spielberg and and like that kind of like those eighties like special effects movies in America mm-hmm. as it does Toku because I couldn't help but think how much the Gauss looked like Gremlins. Uh, yes, they're they're amazing. The hand puppets for like the baby Gauss mm. are like I'm I, I was just like. <laughs> beside myself with joy looking at those things they're so cool and and so creepy like pulling apart all that like all those like animals and stuff and like they're just like gnawing on oh no it's just like 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 just just so many like good little details and it's just like kind of appropriately like gross and animalistic in in the way that it needs Mm -hmm. to be and they just don't know yeah they look awesome yeah they're like these weird slimy vulture things and then they have like these like beady eyes that are like darting all over the place yeah uh it's just so they look so monstrous and like something is wrong with them you know that they're like uh you know they're like these grand beasts like nothing else is on earth later we learn that they're like literally these ultimate perfect life forms but they look wrong like they look like these corrupted almost demonic version of that Mm. whereas then you have something like gamera which has this very like solid circular protective form to him he feels like he is like this ancient sentinel that's come to protect everybody yeah um Mm -hmm. so yeah they're they're so wrong that even the woman who has devoted her life to presumably like saving some of the most endangered birds on earth the condor mm-hmm. uh like and her impression of these is they should be killed <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> which is like that that's one of the things that i love about this and uh the original godzilla is that like as somebody who who has like a lot of feelings about endangered species and and studying animals and new species and whatever and the idea that like you know animals aren't evil uh, even if they hurt people they don't you know, they didn't yeah, do it out of malice. They shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any like retribution against animals for this kind of stuff. 
Uh, I think it's really interesting to have a movie like, you know, the original Godzilla and like this, where the sci- there are scientists that do want to protect this creature to study it. And, you know, because it's like, th- uh, this could be our only chance, this, you know, this poor thing, this could be the last of its kind. And then it has to come to the hard conclusion of, no, this thing needs to die for the the existence of humanity to continue. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, like how kind of, like, scary of an idea that is that something is that dangerous. Uh, it's just, I don't know, th- that kind of stuff really interests me. So it, it feels like so many parts of this movie feel like it was, like, laser-targeted at my brain. I, yeah. And it had been long enough long enough that i'd like forgotten most of the movie yeah you know it, it's been like eight years since i watched it so i was just so floored by like oh my god <laughs> everything yeah. that's happening this is like i don't know like we, we've kind of j- joked and uh uh i want to talked about like a little bit in certain episodes about like well the capacity for a movie to be like a great like a perfect like explode when defeated like movie like like for us for us too for Mm -hmm. you know and being like oh this is just like a a perfect gem and uh uh i could not stop thinking about just like while watching this movie it's like holy shit like they went straight for our throats and so like like this this (laughs) one movie is doing so many things that the both of us like like scream in like excitement over and so just just like so yeah. stuff that stuff that we just absolutely just mark out for uh so yeah like mm-hmm. I, I was i was over the moon uh watching this especially the first like half hours of just because like oh my god the, like like the, just the simple like like filmmaking stuff to like I, like i mentioned like i i love the editing and the wipe fades and stuff like just just moving like like you can literally feel them like taking the frame and going like all right enough of that like next thing next thing and stuff like next uh uh we need to like knock out this list of things to like let you know about and then we're going to get into like the character stuff and uh Mm. uh but on top of that you've also got like just these amazing uh uh special effects shots of like the gauss just like kind of like wreaking havoc and stuff like like uh uh uh, that dog like like barking yeah, and stuff uh... and then and then you get the first person <laughs> shot that's like really like fuzzy like it kind of looks like early like digital video but like manipulated to kind of look like animalistic and stuff uh like like mm-hmm. zo- like zooming down on it and stuff and then you get that really awesome close up of the lady just screaming uh like after after uh, Gauss flies through the town like like rodan style uh uh this movie reminded me a lot of that mm-hmm. movie too like that first rodan yeah the original rodan. oh man that mm-hmm. like that that's i don't know maybe maybe if i rewatch it i feel differently but now i'm but i'm thinking back to that movie like man maybe that was underrated maybe maybe rodan like yeah this whole i think time. so too it's great. i think yeah. so yeah, uh, I think it's just we. It's, I think it's just two movies. Yeah, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's like like literally two different yeah. movies that are like unrelated to. Yeah, one it's another. like split directly down the middle. Uh, worm movie, bird movie. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, I I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with this movie. And then like I mean, good God, like they 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 they're on the atoll and like they start like digging at this thing and they're like excavating and they find this like giant like tablet 
in there and and mm-hmm. like they uh, uh you know and before they they found like the little orichalcum things and stuff uh i should i should yeah, mention the, the, the makitama right yeah i should mention that earlier like the the leader of the the uh the expedition and stuff uh, or the investigation uh we're also introduced to uh uh his daughter who becomes very important uh, like uh with the orichalcum stuff later um but yeah like they they, they can, can I comment? Can I comment on yes. her presence real quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that uh, she's played by Ayako mm-hmm. Fujitani, who is the daughter of Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the reason she was chosen for the movie is because the director Shusuke Kaneko had seen her at a party he was at, and she was completely bored and indifferent to being there, which he thought was cool. Man. Yeah. So he asked her to come and read for the movie. Man. Like, there you go. Kaneko, he seems like a cool dude from what I read about him, because it is like, like he worked making softcore porn. Right. And then he was like, and then he immediately, instead of becoming like a sleazy you know, businessman, kind of sex pervert, whatever, that you would expect from, like, a, I don't know, just as, like, from an American's perspective, that's what you would get. But, yeah. like, uh, him having such a respect for his female colleagues and wanting, genuinely, like, wanting to be like, well, I'm the director, I can make it so that, like, these women have these roles. Yeah. Uh, and, like, this movie, basically, like, the two most important characters that kind of, like, you know, the, the character of Asagi is kind of, like, you know, less proactive, more kind of, you know, reactive, but she is important. And then the uh, the ornithologist, like, she's, like, one of the main characters of the movie. Yeah. So there's, like, a good, like, mm-hmm. female presence in there on top of the fact that, like, you know, Gauss is kind of positioned in this, like, almost like a like they're, like, bees, where they, they're, like, technically female, but they are like asexual and they like reproduce asexually uh and like the the final also one that like they, jurassic yeah <laughs> and the final one they fight is like a queen and they have like a you know a female suit actor for that um mm-hmm. i don't know there, there's just so much about it where i'm like wow they actually like this dude actually went out of his way yeah. uh to like put a diverse cast of people and like have kind of equal representation yeah in this movie, in in a very male dominated industry, I mean, as you said, the first ever female yeah. suit performer <laughs> playing Gauss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but I urge everyone to listen to it, listening to this podcast, to at some point uh, look up a video of Steven Seagal on Saturday Night Live, uh, just absolutely mm-hmm. ruining that show for a night. It's great. Uh, he's yeah. he's just awful in it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to say in regards to the like the lore of the movie, yeah. the sort of like set dressing, uh, the idea that like you know it's slow through the second act of the movie we start to learn uh, that like that this tablet dates back to like twelve thousand years ago, and uh, that Gamera or like this you know the giant turtle creature. That the, like they found it on, um, and all these like beads, they all have these connections to like a lost civilization, uh, and, and it speaks of this prophecy of like Gamera fighting against Gauss. That's how they're able to like name the two creatures, which I think is very smart because <laughs> you know in the original, 
versus Gauss. It's just a kid that's like, hey, I think it should be named Gauss. Like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll we'll call it that. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this also happens with a lot of Ultraman yes, monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. uh, but I, I really, le- like, as somebody who doesn't at all believe in the idea of, like, Atlantis or, like, Lost Continents, uh, I love the idea of, like, super ancient civilizations that had like basically magic you know they had like technology we couldn't explain not aliens not talking about ancient aliens get that out of here that's not what i'm talking about just like this idea of you know i think maybe it stems back to playing like chrono trigger as a kid uh on my ds and Mm -hmm. then being like you know there's like the ten thousand bc uh place that you go to and it's like the most advanced you know it has like all this magic and and craziness you know and it's because they're using lavas to power it but uh you know spoilers for anybody who hasn't played chrono trigger thanks uh (laughs) yeah sorry you're good yeah but uh um I don't know. Let, well, and I think, yeah, go ahead. I think this is thematically important too, because as you talked about earlier with Gauss, like, oh, the tragedy of this rare animal having to die. But the movie takes great pains to show that Gauss is not of nature. Yes, exactly. It is just a bioweapon constructed by a dead civilization. Yeah. Yes, that that that's. I think that's super smart because to me, like, you know, like kaiju movies can be really interesting when they try to treat the monsters in this sympathetic, like they're just animals that are too big to coexist with people on earth. You know, it's like Haruo Nakajima had like a, a really good quote that was about that, talking about that they're like too big and they crush everything. And that's what makes them relatable and lovable. Uh, it's cause you don't, you want to see them like get along with everybody, but everybody dislikes them cause they're so destructive. Uh, so I, uh, but I also like the idea of, you know, th- these creatures, exists be like within you know like by the folly of man you know like they don't exist in nature they exist because as like some kind of karmic retribution uh or like an accident Mm. and the idea that like it wasn't just purely malicious they truly maybe did want to like create this thing as like a guardian or protector and then it went wrong and they tried to rectify this mistake by creating like a true guardian. But by the time that Gamera was complete, the, the Atlanteans had died out. Uh, like that is like a really cool backstory to have be like a part of the movie, but it's it, just like a small part, you know, it just adds to the flavor. The mo- it doesn't really affect the plot as we know it, other than establishing Gamera is the good guy, Gauss, are the bad guys you know those those things are scary monsters it also gives a very natural segue to the environmental themes they try Uh, to work in a little bit too because it's like oh well what why why did this dead civilization create these gauss monsters and and like you know they've just been waiting ten thousand years for the earth to be right and because of our pollutants and everything we've done to it now the time is right again for them yeah and but the idea is like is not uh, you know as the uh as the condor researcher brings up you know it's that like we in our own time are doing the same thing by creating things like plutonium yeah. and mm-hmm. you know all those things they're going to be around for you know presumably 
you know, hundreds of thousands of years after we're gone. Yeah. And what is that going to mean for the people after us? Just like Gauss. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's like, there's like the, um, I talked about this before, but there's like that uh, thought experiment of like, did, was there a civilization that existed before humans? As in like, not an ancient human civilization, but like, reptoids or bird people or whatever, you know, this is like a million years ago. And, uh, like, the conclusion of that is, like, it's an interesting thought experiment because you you have to force to reckon with the fact that they couldn't have, if it did exist, they couldn't have gotten to an industrial level because then, like, you would be very easy to find those pollutants in the ground, even after such a long span of time so even if all of their civilization and like metal has like completely evaporated into time the radioactive elements that they created through like nuclear fission would stick around so it's like a that's almost like a good thought experiment as like a condemnation of modern humanity to be like the stuff that we leave around stuff like you know chernobyl that's gonna outlast that's going to last for, like, hundreds of thousands of years, you know? That's going to probably outlast humanity, uh, that scar that's, like, left there, so... Those places will not be livable long yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that stuff's really interesting, and I'm not, like, a, you know... I'm definitely not an eco-fascist. I think humanity is not the issue. I think it's, like, a couple people that are in charge of these giant corporations that are destroying everything. Uh, like, they're the problem, not humanity as a whole, but I do, like, I think that that stuff is really interesting, because it's a great, like, uh, you know, kind of mirror, dark mirror back on, like, what we're doing to the Earth, and, you know, I, I think this movie also doesn't, it isn't purely cynical in that it does propose something like Gamera as a creature that's, like, there to protect humanity from these monsters and to me it was really we have interesting. the potential to do good yeah. as well as evil yeah and we just have to choose wisely about which side we decide yeah. to protect and present mm. uh, which is a big plot point in this movie as well <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Ellen, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. 
Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast where two guys delve into the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, and the impact it's had on pop culture. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. or. But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's, read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the HyperX Podcast Network. They, they like establish at that point that uh, Asami, the the daughter character, like like makes some kind of spiritual connection through the Magatama bead, uh, and kind of becomes like a, an avatar or priestess for Gamera, which is pretty awesome to be honest. That, it, that uh, was such a good. <laughs> they, yeah. They, yeah. They, they still find a way to work in Gamera being responsive to the voices of children, yeah. but in, like, <laughs> um, a, a slightly more subtle yeah. way. Yeah, and this, like, yeah, like, to me, like, it's this confluence of, like, normal kaiju tropes in the sci-fi, and then, like, this, like, you know, esotericism with, like, the Atlantis and whatever, and then, like, the mysticism with, like, uh, Shintoism and the Magatama bead and everything. Like, all this stuff is so interesting. It feels so, like, perfectly 90s uh, in a lot of ways. And it's Very and it feels like it's, like, again, a response to everything that had come in the decades before it. Uh, one more thing before we move on, though... Is and this is a small thing that I, I have to get out there, uh, and you know, anybody can disagree. I think after having watched a couple months ago the Pixar movie <laughs> Turning Red, there's a scene at the end where the the mother character, who is the gigantic monster at that point, peeks in through the stadium, uh, and it's like the oh. in during the climax. And when I watched this movie, I was like, oh, shit, were they referencing this scene <laughs> from Gamera Guardians of the Universe? It's very popular. That's very possible. Yeah, I, I imagine because, like, you know, they, they almost definitely were taking from, like, kaiju movies and everything. And that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that has yeah. uh, a scene that involves, like... With, like, a dome yeah. stadium kind of situation. And then, like, the... Uh, the like creature in the the small opening of the dome, like peeking its head in. So yeah. there you go. Just wanted to point that Don't. out. And I mean, and these these three movies, the the Heisei trilogy, were very popular in the nineties. Yeah. Like they were outperforming Godzilla for a yeah, minute. So for yeah. sure. You know, it's 
it's very possible these were pretty widely seen uh, at the time. Don't mm-hmm. she, if you're out there, if you're listening, uh, uh, DM us. Respond. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. You have no, 24 you don't, hours. You don't have 24 hours. Just come on the show. Just, just we'll, we'll talk with you. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll do an episode on Turning Red. Everyone can deal with it. Like, like it's, it's, Yeah, it counts as a kaiju counts. movie. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah uh, uh, God. I, I I love that that plot turn so much, and I love, I I just love Gamera's just appearance in this movie. I'm like, I like I I got a gush. I love this suit so much. The, yeah, the oh suit yeah, is really unbelievable. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, even back in the Showa days, in in, in the Showa uh, Gamera stuff, I was complimenting the eyes because the eyes always look so good, and and, and like like they, mm-hmm. like it's it really brings the entire suit together. And here is like it's like no different. It's like in fact it's like turned up a notch. Like it's so good looking this suit. It's nuts. And so so I was I was so like just filled with joy like seeing it like uh uh, uh walk through the city at first and you know uh, mm. uh have the encounter at the baseball stadium and then later on is like we move into like uh the fights at like the mountain and stuff uh. God, uh, 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 I, I also want to bring up, like, just as we kind of move into, like, the mountain stuff, because that scene is, like, so good. It's <laughs> just that whole sequence yeah. uh, mm-hmm. where, uh, uh, like, the uh, Asagi, like, uh, uh, hails, like, a cab driver to, like, get her closer to the mountain because she's, like, feeling this connection to Gamera. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, she needs to get closer to like the monsters and stuff and the guy's like are you kidding me <laughs> I'm gonna drive you away yeah. from the monster not not to his yeah. but then like she, yeah. she like <laughs> she like convinces him like just with like a look I think and then like he goes oh fuck yeah. it and then he does it and the scene of him like just crashing through that barricade and going like I've always wanted to do that yeah. so like so that's good. such a tiny little moment of like just amazing just like little little like humanity yeah. in this movie and stuff like <laughs> just just giving this silly little uh, side character a taxi cab driver that much more character yeah comedy. It, it's, it's yeah. so awesome uh and then like you know actually getting to the mountain and having that whole scene on the bridge uh is it's like it's just it's so good like you, you get the like mm. uh uh I mean, you're in- you're introduced earlier in the baseball uh, stadium with like the uh, them like learning how to use like the beam, uh, the the iconic uh, Gauss like beam, and uh, uh, oh, yeah. Gauss like threatening to use the beam on 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 uh, 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 our, our human characters and stuff, and then Gamera protecting them uh, uh, with his hand, uh, hurting his hand, and uh, uh, and then just the most. And critically, uh, the, uh, critically, while protecting them, there is a child yes. there. Yeah. Right. So Gabra specifically protecting yeah. the child mm-hmm. that it's never the, that he's never met chi- before. The child who was <laughs> who was hilariously introduced into the movie earlier, wreaking absolutely absolute havoc in this convenience store, fucking just just like yeah. going ah on like yeah pretending yeah, to yeah, be on, a on a bunch of yeah. bread. <laughs> so good. Such a good realistic child. So good because like Ga- mm-hmm. I, I look. We have. We were all there. That have been good kid. children in gamer movies, and then there's Gamer vs. Zebra, there... <laughs> uh, and I th- I feel like I'm glad to see like a child that's kind of representative 
of a more realistic child instead of like a, a kid that's reading off cue cards, <laughs> whatever from the uh, the show and- movies. Again, not not making fun of. I think the children are a crucial component to the show movies, and they're like many times the best parts of the show movies. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was just like really fun to see. Like, oh yeah, this is what a little kid. It would be a little hellion, yeah, you know, all, and, and act every stupid kid and that weird. Grew up on this stuff like has really pretended to be a way. monster in a store uh, yeah. before. I want to say though that <laughs> similar to like the very original Godzilla, there's nothing more horrific to me than seeing a monster in broad daylight, like peeking over the horizon. So <laughs> that shot, like where through the the forest, you can see the head of Gauss, like peeking up as he's like chewing on the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> the people that were killed oh, it's man. just yeah. beautiful yeah. it's that uncanniness of like if you were hiking and then you, like a grizzly bear was just in the middle of the trail yeah. or something like what are you gonna do yeah exactly it's just so like again it's so natural and like oh god <laughs> just very very like primally scary but I, I like that they establish uh very violently that Asagi has this connection to Gamera because she like gets inflicted with the wounds that Gamera takes yeah. while fighting with Gauss. Uh bloodily. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Again in in a way where I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. You're you're I'm glad they did I'm glad they didn't go all the way with it because there are some like huge damage <laughs> moments to Gamera they don't well, replicate. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that would have yeah, been yeah. too I'm, gory. I, I'm I for one am very happy they didn't re- replicate some of the stuff that they did in the Showa days where they, like, had shurikens, like, yeah. digging into his skin, <laughs> into his, like, elbows and stuff. Uh-huh. Just absolute just sicko shit that they were doing in the Showa movies. Uh, yeah. it impaled through the chest by Virus. I, I, have to, I have to fucking give full commendations to another kind of, of sicko thing. Uh, I absolutely adore the kill that Gamera gets on that on that one uh, Gauss at the bridge, where he just shoots a fireball and it just explodes. The suit just, or the, the yeah. not the suit, yes. but the, like the puppet, just completely just uh, obliterated. I was I was like screaming. It was it was like it, it was mm-hmm. like the kaiju version of like the scanner's like head pop, like at the beginning. <laughs> like it was so satisfying and awesome. I was I cheered. I cheered. Mm-hmm. It was like midnight. In my house, I didn't give a shit. I, I had to, I, yeah. I yelled out like, "Yes!" It's <laughs> it's that completely unsentimental explosion of yeah. a prop that you only used to see in stuff like Ultra Seven mm. when they would just explode oh a puppet god. and like you know they have no plans for this puppet yeah. ever again. Like they're just gonna yeah. set it on fire. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's it is very like. Just early Ultraman, just like yeah, we don't give a shit. And so, like Superaya is like smoking like three cigarettes at the same time, and like this blow up an entire suit that they spent the entire like episode's budget on and stuff. And they're just like yeah, whatever. And just just the the most glorious uh, 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 usage of fire in this movie. Like I I absolutely adore it. Um, yeah, I'll say that the movie also does remind me a lot of. Uh, like both the Frankenstein movies, mm. Mm. yes, in the sense that it's like about people being afraid of mo- because like the JSTF are afraid of Gamera just as much as they are of Gauss, right? Yeah, and are like firing at him, or like, no, we don't care. This thing is terrifying, uh, and it does remind me of like you know the Gamera 
not Gamera, Jesus, Frankenstein and Baragon, as well as like uh, Sonda and Gyra in the uh, War of the Gargantuas, because I don't know, it, it just has this level of like, there's this one good monster that you know is like trying to protect humanity, and then he's like getting attacked for all the good he's doing, and despite this, he continues to to fight. For humanity, and then there's the you know the more like malicious bad monster that right. it needs to, that is the actual threat that needs to be taken care of. Uh, so I don't know, like that kind of stuff. Again, like I love those movies, the the two Toho Frankenstein movies. So uh, thumbs up. That is mm-hmm. that is one of the sillier bits of this movie, though, which is the uh, the environmental minister that wants to protect <laughs> the Gauss but not yeah. Gamma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like. <laughs> Because he sees the Gallus as, like, a tourism opportunity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's, like, and and he's, like furiously drinking yeah. tea, like, when he's, like, like challenged on, on, on what he's thinking. I don't know, it's just a very kind of, like, mm-hmm. goofy character, but it's good. Yeah. Have you seen, um, mm-hmm. uh, Casey, have you seen Godzilla Singular Point? Uh, I have only watched a few episodes, the first Yeah, one. this reminded me a lot of, like, those first few episodes because of stuff like that. Because the, the like, smaller Rodans that yes, are showing up yes. and attacking in the... Uh, that Like, it, Rodan instantly right. becomes, like, a tourist trap for this town. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, producing plushies and songs. Becomes, like, a mascot. And, like, Gals, they're just, like, rapidly multiplying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, these things are horrifying. We can't, like... You know, be pretending that they're these cute mascot characters. Uh, so I, f- I feel like Singular Point, like, takes that idea and kind of, like, pushes mm-hmm. it forward into the, like, criticizing, you know, Japanese consumerism. Uh, very, like, paranoia, paranoia agent type way. Uh, we'll watch that show at some point for this podcast because it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, mm. if, we have a, if we're going to have a tier where you guys make us... Uh, uh, watch like the the Genarabuchi like like Netflix movie trilogy and stuff. Then we're definitely gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to tip the scales back in our favor and throw on singular yeah. point just for our sanity. <laughs> yes. Um, because those yeah. those are Abuchi joints. <laughs> just do not <laughs> instill confidence within me. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, just oh man, I I can't say enough good things about this movie. We're not even into like the final stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh 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 um while they're attacking Gamera uh uh at the at the at Mount Fuji, uh the the, the whole attack attracts uh uh the, the final of the Gausses of the Gaussies Gaussi uh yeah. and uh uh injures Gamera to the point where uh he does his titular iconic best uh most powerful move in his arsenal, uh, the Gamera nap under the ocean, because uh, uh, yep. every every, uh-huh. <laughs> every goddamn Gamera movie, you gotta have you gotta have Gamera just snoozing snoozing in the ocean. Is that everyone's yep. like Gamera? He gets his ass kicked, and yep. he's like, "Hold on, I need a yeah, nap." Yeah, I, I, right I need now. I need goddamn sleep, dude. It's, it's, and uh, <laughs> it's it's his most turtle like quality. Yeah, <laughs> he needs yeah, to rest. And, uh, uh, but uh, uh, as as we've noted, he's 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 soul bonded. Uh, with this girl, and uh, she also needs to nap, and it's like uh, uh, she even says like to her dad, she's like, "Me and Gamera got to sleep," and then she like goes to sleep, and he's like, "What? What did she just?" And then and then and then he starts like uh, later on like putting it together and stuff. But I love that like reaction, just like what? 
Uh, which reminds me of also, yeah. like, this movie almost has a throwback to the scene from the original Gamera movie, where the first time Gamera, like, does the rocket spin shell thing, uh, they do a very mm-hmm. similar scene where everybody watching the battle has this amazing, just like, what the f- fuck just happened like face on like on them but they're just like what what are we looking at what happened i love i love that that is like like this like these movies keep just having gamera do that and like not really digging into it at all like they don't make a big deal out of it Mm -hmm. it's just very nonchalant and you just get one little scene of like what (laughs) why why can the turtle do that and the the movies are very uninterested in explaining anything about that and it's that's yeah. perfect it's it's yeah god bless god just bless. let it go mm-hmm. um but yeah so 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 we're in nappy time uh uh territory uh but not nappy time for the movie because th- this is when that uh conversation at the bar happens or they kind of get into like the more uh societal critiques that the movie lays down uh and uh some more of the the ancient civilization I, stuff that i am sure i always love in movies yeah oh, no, i was just gonna say i, no, I was just gonna say uh, the i am sure toei executives were were sitting down watching this film and like scribbling down in notebooks plans for common rider kuga while they were watching this and going like yep. oh my god <laughs> like this is what common rider is now and so <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's amazing how yeah. much is in I, here. i've talked about it before but there was always this like like cultural fascination in Japan for like these ancient civilizations. Yeah. I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the Jomon period, like figures and stuff that they would find, like the Dogus, if you know what those mm. are, uh, the the like strange like clay figures that don't resemble, don't seem to resemble like any creature or person. They're just like these very odd looking. Uh, creatures people obviously are like they're aliens. No, <laughs> not aliens. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but either way, um, uh, like that that stuff. I don't know that like it's just it's always interesting to see it like pop up here and there in the uh, the like zeitgeist. And um, I wanted to say in regards to that that during that scene, it's always funny to me in movies when the characters are like talking about plot important stuff at like a bar or in a taxi and they're saying like things that would sound insane (laughs) out of context. (laughs) They just expect, do they expect the the bartender or the taxi driver to be like, "Eh, I'll not listen to them. (laughs) To be be completely honest. uh, uh, Like, like I don't know how many bars you've been to, but I have heard some. I have That's, heard people yeah. say some wild shit at bars, and and, and I'm sure taxis. Too, I'm mm. sure taxi drivers here just the most r- incredible stuff. And, and they just like look. They're just trying to make a buck. So like they just don't. They just mind their own. Yeah. And, and you know, not bother these people. So uh, I actually think those two particular locations are like perfect for a conversation like that. Yeah. Where it's just like man, like you're you're always hearing people talk about whatever anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, 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 while this is happening, uh, we get just this amazing scene that, that kind of, I love how many, just, just the, the, the sheer volume of comparisons and, and stuff we've been making in this episode, but I have to throw out another and say that, uh, uh, I was getting, I was getting very, very tiny, uh, Keita Memia vibes with, uh, the Gauss turning into the big Gauss, into the super Gauss, and, like, mm-hmm. just her skin, like, peeling off, and it's like, 
Oh, it just yeah. reminds you of all the goopiest, most disgusting stuff in like Commander mm-hmm. Zeto Gremlins, and like Garo. Mm-hmm. Just you wait. This series will enhance yes. those vibes yes. beyond your give, imagination. Give, give me the so, goop. Give me slimy monster. Give me just the worst looking things. You're getting some weird goopy <laughs> yes. things coming mm-hmm. soon. Uh, but yeah, so 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 that happens. Gamera is uh, uh uh or not Gamera. Gauss is absolutely huge now. Uh and uh uh, uh she's she's got plans. Uh starts starts uh, uh laying a bunch of eggs. Uh uh. Mm. Uh, you know, we've we, we remarked the, the, the asexual reproduction and stuff. She starts laying a bunch of eggs at, at Tokyo Tower after destroying it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. The the Tokyo Tower mm. shot against the setting sun of Gauss nesting is one of the most beautiful images in any kind uh, yeah. of Yeah. <laughs> truly. I, I think it's like, to me, like, as somebody, you know, I love birds. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and... There's a nature reserve nearby uh, Montezuma, and like there's all these like electrical towers set up around there, and there's an eagle nest at the top of like every single electrical tower, and it's always it's so cool that like oh my god, there's just these birds think that this is just a really tall tree, right. and they're just like yeah, I guess I'll <laughs> set up home here. So there's just something so like. Both like weirdly adorable and like horrifying about Gauss like making its nest on top of like this human monument. Yeah. Uh like just like completely uncaring about, you know, humanity and its technology and its progress. Uh, but also just like carrying out this like natural impulse. So it, it's like very I don't know, it's a very interesting feeling. You're right. Like that really stuck out yeah. to me. Yeah, that that shot is incredible. And I, I... I love the soldier's line too. Right before they cut to that shot, where he says, "The sun is no longer oh, on our man, side." Yeah, <laughs> right. And then, and then the sun sets in front of the uh, yeah, yeah. Gauss. Yeah, because <laughs> so uh, uh, Gauss was usually was uh, before it was nocturnal. And uh, I love the detail of like uh, like since turning into super Gauss and stuff, it developed like like uh, eye shields or whatever. So like it literally like it 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 it, it evolved sunglasses onto its onto its eyes mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like it, it can, yeah uh, uh, the 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 rays won't won't disturb it anymore. Um, I yeah. and because its DNA is so uncomplicated, it can constantly evolve new defenses against whatever yeah. it could kill it. So you have to stop it now, or it's never yeah, gonna happen. It's oh my god, uh, uh, Shin Godzilla. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, draft one, draft one uh, right here. But um, uh, I really got to mention that, like, yeah, th- th- this movie has some incredible looking shots. Just breathtaking uh uh i think it was earlier whenever gauss and like gamera were like really duking it out after like the military intervention and stuff like uh where they were like shooting at gamera and stuff that they go to the sky for the first time and you get like uh you get the shot of them in the clouds uh and it's like i actually gasped i don't remember the last time i've done that like for one of these movies we've talked about on this show, and so like I, mm-hmm. I, I like gasped. I, I I couldn't believe the image I was being shown <laughs> the, by this film. Yeah, the closest was the uh, like the first Daimajin movie. Mm. Me going like, oh, when the guy gets fucking yeah. the nail jabbed yeah. through his. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I good shit. That's that. Yeah, I, I, I also, yep. <laughs> yeah, I also said aloud, "No way!" When that was happening. So yeah, it was. Uh, uh, real good. Um, 
But yeah, and then uh, uh, you know, uh, Gamera, as he does, this uh, this is uh, the the payoff to his to his ultimate super move. Uh, he wakes up, uh, and uh, uh, he <laughs> and he just just hops out that water and starts getting to work. And and he didn't hop out the water actually. He he burrowed underground, and there's this such awesome like build up to his like eventual little like, like you're just like oh my god, when's he coming? When's he coming? You just want to see him so bad, mm-hmm. and then he just launches out of the ground and and uh uh the fight really gets really gets rolling they're they're fighting in the the city and stuff get Ga- uh, gamera makes sure to just dis- really awesome yeah gamera makes sure to dispatch of those uh of those eggs real quick so so uh mm-hmm. you know uh at the very least if he can't take out gauss gauss has to start over like like at the very least we're just you know we have we've got that covered and uh uh the fight is just so good like it's just it's it's just amazing uh uh i i like like i the amount of times i was like vocalizing while this was happening and stuff and and like mm. like they they go mm-hmm. up to space and stuff and i was like yeah man just yeah. do it just <laughs> give me that like, <laughs> give me- <laughs> when when they fly in front of the sun pursuing yeah. each other and then come back down like burning through the atmosphere yeah, yeah it's Holy just shit. yeah like, you don't is that? you don't make movies better than this folks it's, it just doesn't get better than that <laughs> it does not get better than flying up yeah going to space then burning in the atmosphere back down uh they, they kind of, mm-hmm. especially with like '90s caliber of yeah, I know. Oh my god, and stuff. And, and, and like, a, I think you get like a good like little. We talked about it a bit oh, before. Sorry, we talked about it before, but the the sonic beam that uh, yes. Gauss has, you know, it's a uh, it's like very similar to its beam from the uh, the first Gauss movie. Uh, there's no goofy scene where it cuts a, an airplane in half and there are oh. like people like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> that stuff is so good, though. <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's, that's charming stuff yeah. in the old ones. But, um, but like the way that it like charges up the beam and the like, the like air is like warping around it and it's just creating like this sonic noise and then it like fires out this beam again that that is also very much like uh when godzilla uses his atomic breath in shin godzilla uh oh yeah you you can very much see higuchi on the special effects working out uh things that will eventually uh inform shin godzilla shin Ultra, yeah, yeah etc for oh, sure higuchi. and uh the like gauss like cutting off its own leg <laughs> in yeah. order to you know like that's i don't know that stuff's just yeah. so good and then standing on the one oh leg no the yeah. like yeah they like it's like a like kind of a callback it's like kind of a callback to the original gauss and stuff like uh cutting off that leg and i don't know yeah just just hopping on the one and uh yeah. they, they, to they uh, just, to mm-hmm. guiron yes oh my god guiron too uh uh yeah, yeah. but um yeah the best, the best, most depressed kaiju. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. We're yeah. on the, the <laughs> big, like, most sadistic. Like a bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he has a he is fucked up. He's a yeah. freak. Uh, but. Um, but yeah, like uh, I don't know. We just we just get like just just so much good stuff. Like uh, Gauss, like blowing up Gamera. Like extremely, just just the most pyrotechnics. Uh-huh. All, all the oil refinery yeah. explosions. I, I, yeah. I was getting flashbacks to like this one episode of Ultraman in 19, like the the original 
where like there's there's an episode where Ide like messes up and like acts too soon and they blow up and like this this oil refinery just blows up and it's like I think it's like uh, I don't know it's an early episode and it just keeps blowing up for so long and I was like oh <laughs> is it the pest is it the I think it is one? yeah yeah it's like it, it, it's yeah. yeah it's it's one of those it's like a very like water centric episode they're in the water a whole lot and uh yeah mm-hmm. it, it's uh it reminded me a lot of that just seeing that i was getting flashbacks to uh uh just just seeing a whole lot of miniatures blow up um but the like brilliant little inversion of that and the reminder of uh of uh another one of one of gamera's lesser known power not 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 uh, not nearly as well known as his napping but one of his lesser known powers uh that that uh, he, he like super loves fire. Like like fire is his home. Mm. Uh, so so you know that that yeah. like the explosion and then just the, the the explosion like reversing into Gamera is just the sickest image. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, yeah. And uh, we just get like this this one last standoff, and it's like just the coolest in the best. Yeah. The like what one detail I like Gamera. You know Gao shoots. The sonic beam it grazes past Gamera's face as he fires off yes. this final gigantic fireball. It blows up Gauss's head, yes. and then later, you know, during this moment, um, you know, Asagi is like holding on to her father's hand, and he, like after the fight, like feels his yes. face as if he felt the the beam graze past his face like Gamera did mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like oh man that's such a cool little touch yeah you know the idea that in that moment he like was connected to Gamera as well yeah uh, and it was like their their bond as like father and daughter as well as like her bond to Gamera that like gave him the power to to finally defeat mm. Yaus it, it's great stuff it's, it's just amazing and then you just get like just an incredible, very Showa-esque, like, they just stay there. Like, like the, the, like, the movie does not just cut to some other point or whatever. They just, it just sticks right there. And they're just kind of watching Gamera go. They're, they're, they're watching him leave. And, uh, 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 they're talking about, like, hey, you know, like, those gals, like, they probably prepared for a really, like, they had ample time to prepare for a very long time. So, th- there's a very, po- there's a possibility that there's gals everywhere. And... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna have to prepare for that ourselves, and you know, be able to stamp them out because we don't know if we can count on Gamera again. And then the other guy goes, "Nah, Gamera's coming back. G- Gamera, like, uh, like <laughs> Gamera will return." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, dude." And then you just get the you get the like <laughs> you get the slow just in of the of the of the uh, you know uh, just just thin basically at the end there, and it's uh, uh the, the you know that's a movie. I, I I gotta say one of my prevailing thoughts uh going into closing this podcast is uh I'm looking at this Wikipedia page. I was kinda of referring to it while I was uh you know, refreshing on plot points here while we were going through it. And mm-hmm. uh I, I, I my eyes glazed over to this point here, you know. Could could be could be inaccurate, but it does say budget four point five million. And they're making Marvel movies yeah. for two hundred million. You got to be shitting me! Like, like, yeah. like, you got, like, come on! Like, like, yeah. like, just, yeah. like, you know, yeah, even see, with inflation, like, come on, dude! That that, but like, that's mm. incredible. Yeah, the the bo- the, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's awesome. Yeah, yep. the, the this movie 
is awesome. The credits theme, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... Oh, let, let's talk about yeah. the music real quick. Yeah. So we talked about how this feels like an early draft for uh, Shin Godzilla, but also the composer for this is Koatani. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koatani, who... He's done a lot of anime. He's done a lot of games. Uh, yeah. He later goes on to do uh, Godzilla GMK. Of course. So he does follow this team onto their Godzilla project. But notably, and uh, I think if you really listen to the music in this, you can hear it. Uh, and the whole trilogy, uh, he goes on to uh, do the music for Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Oh, man. And quite a bit of this music feels like an early draft for that soundtrack. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus is one of those, like another one of those like games that exists that like strikes right at the heart you know yeah uh you know <laughs> like it goes right for the neck for me uh, and all the things that i love and think about it's very very similar to like kaiju stuff uh in a lot of ways like what i love about it so i feel like it, it's like a match made in heaven that he's also a composer for shadow of the colossus yeah. in this but uh man it like what a what a wonderful movie. The I did, at the beginning of the show, I referenced the fact the ADV version had a, a unique credits theme. Oh. They had like an English song uh, called mm-hmm. Gamera Always Wins oh. that they had. And, it, and it's just like this, like, it's not that good, <laughs> no. but, but it is very fun. And I will be playing it as a, a song during... The episode, like as we're cutting back from commercials or something like right, that, yeah. Well, uh, you as know, you or do. ads and commercials. This was an too. era where, like, a lot of dub studios were trying their hands at their own song. Hmm. So that will do it for uh, our discussion of this movie. Needless to say, uh, you know, we don't even need to give final thoughts. We kind of already gave them right there. So, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic movie. Loved it. Very excited to see the next two. Highly recommended. Definitely up there with other movies that we've highly recommended during this podcast. Uh, like, it, it's about 50% as good as Latitude Zero, I'd say. It's it's like halfway as good as Latitude Zero. <laughs> uh, well, I... I have to tell you, it, it genuinely moves me. I, I'm really glad I did not have to come in here and play defense on Gamera's behalf at all. Yes, because uh, like, because you know, like I, I consider myself a a goodwill ambassador to the to the to the uh, the other big G, mm-hmm. uh, Gamera. Uh, so I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Uh, I'm glad you mirror my enthusiasm, and I will tell you uh, not to hype you up too much, but. Uh, Gamera 2 Attack of Legion is one of my favorite movies so I'm really excited for you all to get into that one Uh, and I want to read a quote to you from Shinji Higuchi about these movies Yes. Uh, uh, so Higuchi was asked what he felt the difference between Gamera and Godzilla was and this is pretty early into this trilogy that he's asked this and I think this is very informative of uh, where he goes with Godzilla ultimately Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from the April 2001 issue of Fangoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, I felt a great competition with Toho's Godzilla films, but that has passed, Higuchi says. The two are very different creatures. For one, Gamera is a hero. Godzilla is not. Godzilla was born of nuclear force and is like a ghost. He is darker than Gamera. It, 
and is, in his true form, the image of death. Mm. This is one of the reasons why many people in Japan have refused to accept the American Godzilla. <laughs> this image is not a present in that film. Gamera has more possibilities, he says. There is a flexibility to that character, and while there is a certain style that Gamera must follow, he is not as rigid as compared to Godzilla. I'm lucky to have been able to work with such a diverse character. Mm. That, that does make a lot of sense. I remember, like, I believe it was Higuchi... That, that had the quote that, like, you know, like, he had seen on American television, like, MST3K making fun of Ga- of Gamera, and then realized, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess Gamera is, like, a comedy compared to Godzilla, and then, like, that kind of, like, contextualized, you know, the view of, like, what Gamera was, that maybe it wasn't, like, it didn't need to be goofy all the time, but that it was, like, a more lighthearted, hopeful movie. Um, and I think, like, you know, there have been really good Ga- Godzilla movies where he does play, like, the role of a hero. Like, we we loved Terror of Mechagodzilla, for example, and then, like, a Son of Godzilla has him taking on this, like, you know, Piccolo from Dragon Ball type, like, reluctant dad kind of role, and at the end he saves his, you know, adopted son. Um, like, that that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I feel like to me, what I really wanted from Gamera through the Showa era, and I feel like what this is like, kind of finally delivering on. Even if I did like, uh, for the most part, the Showa movies besides Zegra, that one was terrible. Uh, the <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but uh, but that this one it does feel like you know kind of like. This it's almost like a progenitor to things like Pokemon and Digimon, in my mind. The idea of like like this idea, the the girl being able to like control the monster, like has a connection with it, um, and is able to like influence it in some way, and this like bond between monster and human, uh, that mm-hmm. that is almost like this like equal exchange. Yeah, it just makes me think like this is right before Pokemon came out. This is like a couple years before Digimon came out. Uh, those kind of things would be like really influenced by it. And as somebody who grew up with that stuff, uh, you know, like that's almost where my mind is at, like where I'm searching for in these Gamera movies. So to finally find it, that like genesis point of Gamera is the like scary foreboding monster, but he wants to protect you. You know, he's your ultimate guardian. Uh, and like, that then his scariness becomes cool instead of terrifying like that. I feel like it really does start in earnest here. Uh, and yeah, I'm super excited to see where it goes next. So Casey, why don't thank you for I'm excited. For yeah. You. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. And why don't you tell us, you know, plug yourself, tell us where we can find you. And if you have anything going on that you want anybody to know about, Sure. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Manowski Article, where I talk about, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I just enthusiastically talk about animals, comics, whatever game I'm playing, mm-hmm. uh, books I'm reading, a song, you know, I don't know, just whatever is getting me through the day, I'll just post. <laughs> yeah. And uh, usually there's a lot of monster content on there, too. So if you like monsters, uh, so do I. Uh, I'm also oh, yeah. right now, uh, at least temporarily, I am... Uh, I, w- I initially did a guest spot on a podcast, but that has sort of become a temporary co-hosting position for the moment. Uh, so I am uh, doing uh, a show called The Hunter's Quorum mm-hmm. on 
the Scanline Media Network. Ooh. So this is a this is a podcast uh, where I get to passionately talk about how much I love the designs in Monster Hunter. Ooh. Um, the yeah. the hosts had me join on with Monster Hunter 4, and uh, we had such a good time that I've decided to stick around at least through uh, our discussion of the most upcoming expansion, Sunbreak. And mm-hmm. if they do more games beyond that, which they will, maybe some more for me on that. But uh, if you enjoy hearing me talk about Gamera, then come listen to me talk about Monster Hunter on the Hunter's Quorum at Scanline Media Network. Sounds and good. Uh, watch more Gamera films. And if you listen to this because I was on it, Listen to more of this show. These two are Please. great. I really enjoy this show. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank and you. yeah, you should you should listen to more of this show. <laughs> and you should give us money. And where can they give us money, Nikki? Uh, yeah, you can support the show at uh, Patreon.com/slash/ExplodeWhenDefeated. Uh, we've got. Uh, a veritable treasure trove of uh, extra podcasts oh, there yeah. for you guys Ton to uh, check out. Just uh, at the $1 tier, you get episodes of this very show one day early without any ads. Uh, and you also get uh, uh, our off-topic show that we call, uh, <laughs> that we affectionately call Shit Shooters, where we just talk about whatever uh, whatever we wanted to, you know, kind of uh, 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 recommend or whatever we've been watching or playing or what have you. Uh, sometimes you just, like, <laughs> spin our wheels talking about just some other crap. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's always a great time. And uh, uh, on the $5 tier, uh, you get access to uh, our uh, mini-series, where we kind of do these more focused, uh, discuss all monsters-esque runs uh, through, like, uh, different topics. We did a series on the original 1971 Kamen Rider. We did a whole Planet of the Apes series, which we were both Mm -hmm. very proud of. Uh, We did an Evangelion uh, series just a little bit. Uh, ago uh we're gonna be doing a rebuild of evangelion series uh here soon or we probably have just started that by the time uh i think this comes out or maybe just finished it uh uh and uh we've got muppets like just just (laughs) just whatever Mm -hmm. topics that just come across our minds that we think is uh fun uh we'll do austin powers we did the grinch We, we yeah yeah we, we, we did we did austin powers with steve yurko and just talked about all three yes. of them and just talked about mm. just, oh, i love just, that yeah, steve just, yes. yeah just made all just made all the references and all the and, and quoted yeah. all the one-liners yeah and then we uh, also got him back to do the power rangers movie for april fools the 90s power rangers movie with ivan ooze uh because yes. i knew that he was a, like he mentioned he was a fan of that movie at that time and i was like well for April Fool's episode, if you want to come on. He agreed. We did it. We had a blast quoting Ivan Ooze. Uh, so, yeah, yes. go check that out. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, that's basically also... There's a joke $1,000 tier. If you're rich and uh, you feel like giving me that much, then, you know, go yeah. for it. And uh, uh, literally yes. the only thing that you'll get that special is... Uh, I'll give you a shout out and call you Boss Hog because I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know why that's stuck around, but that's just a thing <laughs> that that I've kept saying. Uh, but yeah, and you can find me personally at uh, an- uh, at anti underscore laser on Twitter, and uh, mm. you know I'm just tweeting on there. It's not it's not a big deal. Uh, and uh, I'm also on another podcast with my friend Hazel called Pod Spirit, where. Uh, I think it was supposed to be at music. It's, uh, it's supposed to be about music at some point, but it's definitely not anymore. It's just like <laughs> about whatever. <laughs> we just kind of talk about whatever. Uh, 
There's an episode that we just recorded that has the most insane, like, opening, like, ten minutes, like, ever. I don't know. Uh, nice. Like, it's it's very stupid. Um, and, yeah, that's about pretty much everything I'm promoting right now. I might have some other stuff later, but as of today, no. Uh, so, Wyatt, where, where can people find you? You've got stuff. Oh, I, I definitely got stuff. You can find me at twitter.com slash wazpranger, W-A-Z-P ranger. A lot of streaming consciousness stuff. I sometimes post about what I'm working on, whether it be a video or these podcasts. Uh, but, it, but, you know, if I'm, like, playing a game and getting really into it, which I haven't been for a while, I'll talk about that. Sometimes I'll, like, muse randomly about, like, a show I'm watching. You know, but mostly it's just kind of a, a casual Twitter, not really for business. On the business end, you know, follow us at EWD Pod. Uh, you know, th- we don't... We're trying to be better <laughs> about actually using that yes, uh, yeah. uh, that Twitter account. But uh, for the most part, if you, that's where we'll be posting the links uh, to the new episodes when they come up. Uh, as yeah. for hobby-related stuff, I have my YouTube channel. It's only magic. Um, I do kind of video retrospective slash sort of video essay type review personal things. Uh, about uh, media i really enjoy mostly cartoons it's kind of that's like the centering part of it uh but it can branch out to things like web media like homestar runner or even like the angry video game nerd and board james uh and it just gen- in general it's like stuff that i'm uh that kind of like inspires me or gets me my brain going uh i've been on kind of a hiatus uh through the first half of this year uh, just because, like, at the end of the year, I was, like, really burnt out. Uh, but hopefully I can pick up, you know, I have a video, I have a video series that I'm hoping to finish uh, throughout this year. You know, the first episode of it should be out at this point. Maybe a couple other things are out at this point. I don't know. I can't tell the future. But either way, check that stuff out. Uh, I have videos on Craig of the Creek and Clarence and the comparing those two. I have videos on Gurren Lagann, my favorite anime and show of all time. Uh, and yeah, just a ton of cool stuff there. Check it out. Give me a sub. Get me to 10,000. Get me to 100,000 subs. Get me, you know, whatever. Smash that like. The bell is Smash well. that like button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not like... It's not like uh, I don't need it for money or anything, obviously. Like, this stuff is kind of all just, like, hobby-related stuff. So it's not it's not a necessity. But I would really appreciate it if you go and check that out. And if you, like, genuinely gave us just a dollar on Patreon, just even that is just, yeah. you know, it helps so much. But uh, that will do it for this episode. Thank you again, Casey, for joining us. And next time, we'll be back into the saddle with the the following movie on the following year the second part of the Gamera Heisei trilogy Gamera 2 Attack of Legion see you there let's fucking go